925 will be the next song. Great to be here with you tonight. We're very thankful to be here with you, and we hope that the studies are helpful to you. I want to invite you tonight to study from the Word of God, the words of life. The most powerful thing that we have in our hands is the Word of God. It can change us. It can cleanse us, and it can heal us, and it can help us in every area of life. So I'm thrilled you're here today. We're so thankful for the invitation. We're going to begin in the book of Luke tonight, if I turn this on. Luke chapter 24, and it's an interesting passage in the account of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And I want to read, and I want you to read with me. As they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and he said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now this was unexpected because the disciples were gathered there and the Lord wasn't in there with them. The doors were all closed and suddenly Jesus just appeared and he didn't say, boo. He said, peace be unto you. And I want you to notice, but they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Okay, next passage. John 20 Verse 19, I believe this is the same account, just in John. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when all the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. And notice what it says, Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Well, what did they see? What did they see before? Well, they saw the Lord. But when they looked and with their eyes, they did not recognize what was there. They didn't recognize that it was the Lord. They thought it was something else. In fact, they thought perhaps it was a spirit or something of that nature. And so they had a hard time distinguishing. What was this? What is that? Have you ever been that way? I'll ask you a question. What do you see? What do you see? Now take a good look. Now what do you see? Now first time I preached this sermon, a little boy said, Horse! And so I spun it around and I said, What do you see? And he said, Sideways horse! <laughs> you know, our, our eyes... They're trained, aren't they? We're trained to look horizontally. We're trained to look left to right, kind of. And the way we view things can be impacted on on us by things that are happening. The wind, or fatigue, or a number of things can cause us to see in one day or another. And I want to talk to you about the reality of faith. And you may think, well, Zeebok, this is crazy. It's a crazy way to start. I want to talk to you about faith tonight. And I want you to think about with me, I want you to dwell on how we see and what we see and how we view the things of life. I don't know if you realize it or not, but we all have lenses. I'm wearing lenses tonight. And... They change the way I see. But the truth is, we all have lenses that are on us. Now, Zach, can you come up here? Can you? 
thank you. Come, come help me just a second. He's going to help me. Don't get too nervous. You had a baby. Well, it's a responsibility. He has, you have on lenses, right? Can you see? You can. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. We have lenses that are from our upbringing. And though our parents cause us to have lenses. You went to a certain university. What was that university? University of Oklahoma. Texas Tech. You like that university. Uh-huh. Why do you think you like that? Because I went to school there. Oh, because you went to school there. You didn't like it before you went to school there. You did like it before you went to school there. Because your parents put lenses on you. And if I take these glasses and I put them on you, you're going to see differently. Now, stay with me and keep watching. We have lenses from our culture. And we're Americans, and we have an American way of looking at things. We don't have a Canadian way of looking at things. We have an American way of looking at things because we're Americans. Young lady, can I see your glasses? Can I have them? I'll try not to break them, I promise. And so we have lenses that are put upon us. Don't let them fall. Based on our culture of America. And if you had lived your whole life with these lenses... You would look at a different way. And we have lenses based on our friends. Somebody else give me a pair of glasses. Some brave person. You're brave. Thank you. Man, you're going to have a headache by the time this is all over. Uh We have lenses based on our friends and what our friends like and what our friends do. And those things influence us. And we look at the world through a certain perspective. You're really doing good, and I'm proud of you. And I'm not going to go get any more glasses. We have lenses through finances. We have lenses through our health. We have lenses that are on our eyes from our day of birth because of our desires. And the fact is that these lenses cause us to see the world in a very specific way. And I'm sure you can't see a thing right now. Okay, you can take them off. That's all right. You're You're done good. Let's see. I, maybe, maybe if you get the wrong ones, I'm sorry. Y'all trade back after services and thank you. Make sure I get mine. Thanks, brother. Okay, thank you. I hope you see what I'm saying. We all have lenses and we view the world. We hate and we love things based on lenses that have been put on us, and it's very natural. I don't, I'm not trying to say that it's evil in its nature. What if we just took those lenses off and we looked at the world through truth? What if we could take off all those influences, the culture and the desires and all those things, and we could just look through truth? You know, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What if we could take and put on the lens of God's Word. And we could just look at the world, we could just look at life only through a lens of truth. Wouldn't that change what we see? Wouldn't that change how we view the world and life? Certainly it would. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does that mean? It's helping us to see. 
It's showing us where we should go and what we should do. And that is the nature of God's Word. But it's a really challenging thing to take off the lenses of the world and family and culture and all those things and just see the world through God's Word. But I want to ask you tonight to try to do that. Romans 10 verse 17, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If we will have the lens of faith, and we'll look through the lens of truth and we'll apply those things to our lives. It'll change not only what we see, but it'll change what we do and the choices that we make. In the book of Acts chapter 9 and verse 18, the Bible says, And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith. There are people most every day who open the Bible and they read and study God's Word, and by reading truth and studying truth, they take off those lenses and they see reality. The reality of faith. Because I'm going to tell you, what you see matters. How you view the world. If we can view it through the lens of God's Word, we're going to see something different than maybe what we thought. That's what I ask you to do. I want to ask you to do that tonight. Okay. I want to ask you a question. What am I? What am I? Somebody says, you're a man. Yeah, I'm a man. You know, I, I like to think I'm more than that. I'm Sean. I'm a husband and I'm a father. I'm now a, a grandfather. And uh, I'm a a rancher, I raise cattle, I'm an American, I'm a, a Texan, I went over into Mexico one time and I come back across to cross into the United States, they said, sir, would you make a declaration? I said, I'm a Texan, and they wouldn't let me in. I had to say I'm an American or a United States citizen before they'd let me in. I'm all of those things. I want you to notice a passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Do you know what I am? I'm a spirit. A spirit. That's really what I am. And this body that you see, the hand that you shake, is just a very temporary part. It's just a container. And that's true for every one of us here. I want you to look at life a little bit differently. I want you to look through spiritual eyes with me today. Look at the world through truth. You're a spirit. Not, not just flesh and blood, but we're something that's eternal, that's from God. And I want to encourage you to think about it this way. Philippians 3 and verse 20, For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the workings by which He is able even to subdue all things. I want to talk to you about the reality of faith. I want to talk to you about having real eyes and seeing in, in what is true. Reality. What is real. Real eyes. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 says, We walk by faith 
and not by sight. What does that mean? You know, a lot of times in the Bible, there's different people are said, Noah walked with God. And that's describing a path, I suppose, a direction. And I, I think this passage is very similar. We walk by faith. We make choices. We should make choices and decisions in life based on faith, not just flesh. And there's an enormous difference in those two things. Enormous. And there are consequences to having eyes of flesh or eyes of faith. Those, those two di- the directions, those two points of view will take you on two vastly different paths. Because if you just live your life based on flesh and based on feelings of hunger or greed or passion, it's just going to take you down a path of life that's essentially animalistic. But if you'll walk by faith and make choices based on faith, I'm here to tell you tonight, that's what's real. Decisions based on things we don't necessarily see with our eyes. In the book of Romans 8, verse 4, he said that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I want to just give you a for instance. People view pornography because it's a lust of the flesh. And they view things, and they're looking with their eyes, and their eyes of flesh. Flesh. If they were to take off the lenses of flesh and look by faith, they wouldn't do that because it's not something they should view. And there's a lot of warnings in the Scripture, and I don't even have to stop and teach those warnings to you. You know those warnings. We're not to be looking on and lusting on one another. There's a huge difference in flesh and faith. And one is a fantasy. I'm here to tell you, looking at a woman through fleshly eyes is a fantasy. But to look through faith, to look through truth, is reality. Because the flesh is fleeting. The flesh is ever-changing. The flesh is temporary. Very temporary. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a very simple concept, isn't it? That if we live our lives and focus our vision on spiritual things, on godly things, if we adopt those values and those insights into our life, then we're not going to pursue fleshly things. And so there's a whole host of applications that we could make about that. Greed. And people pursue wealth, 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 and money, money, money. And what does that do? Well, it does several things. It's, it's ungodly. It causes us to not be generous to our brothers and sisters. Or maybe it causes us to get in such a financial condition that we can't be giving to the church and help the church. And people look at money through fleshly eyes and it gives them a fleshly perspective. But if we can take off those eyes of flesh 
and we can look at money through eyes of the Spirit and walk after the Spirit, then we would realize there's a whole lot of things that can be done with money that we don't even need. We can use those funds for the good of the church and the good of the kingdom. And what I have is very temporary. Money's a very temporary thing. Do you know there won't be a penny in heaven? Very temporary. And that's just reality. Galatians 5.25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I want to talk to you about a new way to see with real eyes. And so in the book of Philippians chapter 2, And verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, we need to try to adopt the attitudes of our Lord, the mindset of our Lord, a spiritual mindset. Not an earthly one, but a spiritual one. And we need to try to be careful that we don't constantly put on the lenses of flesh and the lenses of culture or the lenses of desire And make our choices in life with those lenses because they're going to take us down a path that we do not need to go on and a path we don't want to go down. And it just takes dedication, it takes thought, it takes careful consideration. So I want to talk to you about real sight just for a minute. And I want you to think about this with me. The book of Mark, chapter 12, beginning of verse 41, it says, And he called unto him his disciples, now this is Jesus, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this... I, must, I went too quick. I'm getting used to your clicker. I'm sorry. I'm going to back up. Matthew 12, 41. Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. What does that mean? These wealthy people put in a lot of money, a lot of dough, didn't they? That's what he's talking about. And there came a certain poor widow... And she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. They come up to the widow, or the widow comes up to make her contribution. And what is it? Just change. A tiny amount. Okay. And he called unto him his disciples, and he saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. I remember when I was young, like some of these young people right over here, I read this or remember a preacher reading it, and I thought, Jesus can't count. He don't know how to count. Well, he's looking with the eyes of faith, isn't he? He's, he's looking on this woman's heart, and he's seeing the most generous person that was there. And Jesus can count that, and He can figure that, and He can add that up. He knows if you're generous or not in your heart. And all these wealthy people who were there cast a lot of money into the treasury, but you know what? They weren't generous because they had eyes of flesh. Could they have put a lot of money in? Yep. They they were wealthy. They could have put piles and piles of money in. Why didn't they? Why didn't they do that? Well, they're looking at it differently. Why did the woman only have two mites? Why wasn't she wealthy? Well, I don't know. Maybe she'd give away all that money, helping people. I hope you see the difference in the attitude of this woman and the attitude of those who were wealthy. And I want you to notice something. Jesus knows. That's the reality. And when I talk to you about the reality of faith tonight, Jesus knows what's in your heart. 
He knows absolutely what's there, and it's real. And if your desire today is to be wealthy, He knows. If your desire today is to be generous and be giving, He knows. If your desire today is to be lustful and view pornography, He knows. If your desire today is to go out and teach and preach the gospel, He knows. Jesus understands all those things. I'm talking about what real sight is. Jesus has it. Because He can look right down in your heart and see what's really there. And I think at times, myself, and maybe you included, we have a hard time being honest with ourselves about what's really there. We've got to take off the lenses in order to see. I want to talk to you about real values. The book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 7, But what things were gained to me, this is the Apostle Paul, the things that were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. It's kind of a wordy passage of Scripture. Paul says, I count them loss. Well, I got to thinking, maybe how, how can I describe this? You want to buy a house, you want to buy a nice house. And you go to looking at houses and you go shopping at houses and you have a heart attack because they're so expensive and all that. You get past that and you go, well, I want a house that has maybe brick or stone because it adds value. It adds longevity. This is a, makes it more valuable. I want a house in a good neighborhood because that makes it more valuable, you see. I like that. And maybe you want a house with a metal roof because to you that adds value because it's going to last a long time. And you want a house that has termites, don't you? Because that's going to... And you go, well, no, wait a minute. That's a loss. That's negative. And that's exactly how he's describing the things that were gained to me. I count them a loss. And so there's some of us, to be wealthy would be a detriment. It'd be negative. You know, we have warnings. They that would be rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and hurtful lusts. It'd be a loss. And I want you to think about values that are real, values that are going to be helpful, values that are going to be there to help you to get to heaven. And I want you to notice the attitude of the apostle. He says, I count them but dung. Now, I live on a ranch and you probably understand what dung is. They mean nothing. That was the idea, you see. Real fear. Jesus said, fear not them which kill the body. That's kind of hard, isn't it? That's kind of hard. If you've ever been hurt or punched in the face or attacked. Jesus says, don't fear people who can kill your body and are not able to kill the soul. Fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Well, that's reality. Guess what? You're going to die. I mean, if time stands, it's going to happen. Now, it doesn't mean we're rushing for it, rushing to it. We ought to fear the one who can destroy both soul and body. Fear the Lord. That's reality. Not just the world. 
What happens if what you see is not real? You make choices that are wrong. What happens if what you look at, the eyes and the lenses you look through, cause you to see things that are absolutely not real? Philippians 3, verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. If we wear the lenses of flesh, we are not seeing what is real. And it is so dangerous. I want to talk to you about life just for a minute. All you folks look up here. I've got a timeline, kind of just in general, of life. You know, we're uh, born at birth. That's when we're born. And then a few years later, maybe we start school. That's what I did. At the ripe old age of five, I started school. And then I rocked along at school, and after a few years, I graduated, and that's kind of how my life went. And then I found a little girl, and she asked me to marry her. And I agreed to that. I'm glad I did. Well, that was the next step in this timeline of, of our life. And then we had children, three of them. And we were blessed by that, and it made us really happy. And then life started getting real busy, and we just rocked along and about that point in our life, it seemed like the years really started going by and we had careers. Uh, what I do in teaching and preaching, my wife working in a public school system and those kinds of things. And then first thing we know is 20, 25th anniversary. I said, wow, this is moving right along. And the next thing you know, we had our kids got married and we had grandchildren. That's wonderful. That's where we are right now. You know what's going to happen in just a few weeks? We're going to have our 50th anniversary. That's just how life feels. And then you know it'll be our 80th birthdays, and guess what? Our life will be over. Or maybe we live to be 100. A poor old daff, I hope, I hope she don't have to live to be 100 taking care of me. It's rough. And we look at that and we say that's a long, long life. It's a long time. You kids, I'm 51 years old. You probably think I'm old. I don't feel old. I probably look old. We think that's a long, long time. But I want you to talk to you about reality. Life is very short. And it all depends on how you look at it. This is the timeline of your life. That's 80 or 100 years. And then this is your timeline with eternity. Now, the only problem, it's really not that accurate because that blue line needs to circle the earth about 50 or 100 times. 50 or 100 years is nothing. It's a tiny little piece of life. But you are going to live much longer. The spirit will live. The flesh is going to die. After 70 or 50 or 100 years, the flesh is going to die, but the spirit's going to carry on. That's the reality. You need to do things today while you have time to make your eternity certain so that you can be with God. How foolish it is. How foolish it is to live for the flesh, to satisfy flesh for just a few fleeting years and then suffer a penalty for all eternity. And what we ought to do is sacrifice... And live a life of reality for what is coming. An endless eternity. 
Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've not seen eternity, but I want to tell you, you and I are in it. It's going right now. We're just in the portion where we're alive in a physical body. We're in that little part. But we're going to be alive outside of this physical body for much, much longer. That's eternity. The book of John 12, verse 25, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. We've got to take our life, this few years, this 80 or 100 or 70 years, and we need to sacrifice those years and lose them and lay them down for the Lord and serve the Lord and be obedient to the Lord and walk with the Lord. Serve the Lord those few years and then you win eternity. Forever. With the Lord. But I want you to notice what he says. He that loveth his life shall lose it. I want to tell you what it means to love your life. It means to pursue all those fleshly things. It means to walk in the flesh and not in the spirit. And it's dangerous, my friend. It's foolish. Romans 8, verse 18, he says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. A few days of labor for the Lord. A few days of sacrifice. A few days of plowing. A few days of toil for an abundant reward. That's a view to eternity. You know, our eyes can turn to flesh in the storms of life. In Matthew 14, verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I'm not going to read all this because I think maybe you're familiar with it. Peter looks out and he sees the Lord and he says, Lord, if, you, if it's you, let me come, bid me come. Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out and for a few steps, for a few moments, he's actually walking on the water with the Lord. And people say, Jesus walked on water. He wasn't the only one. Peter walked on water too. But then, in a storm of life, he looks around and he sees the wind and he sees the waves. And what did he do? He sank. And it happens to people all the time. Good people. They try to live their life by faith. And in a storm and in a trial, they sink. In a test, in a temptation, their eyes turn to flesh. You know what happened to the apostles? They came and they took Jesus. They all forsook him and fled. And several of them had just promised, I'll die with you. Lord, I'll die. But in a storm of life, I'm here to tell you something, folks. There are going to be storms. There are going to be trials. You young folks, there are going to be storms and trials in your life. There are going to be heartaches. There are going to be illnesses. There are going to be tragedies and accidents. There, there, there will happen. That's life. Don't forget 
to walk in the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit, even in the storms of life. Remain faithful to the Lord, even in the storms of life. That's when you need Him the most, you see. Notice verse 30. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. He had a moment there. His eyes turned to flesh. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hands and caught him. You know, life just a vapor. He says in James 4 and verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor. It's very short. So I want to encourage you tonight to prepare your life, to stand for truth, and to look through the eyes of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Take off these eyes of flesh. Don't get caught up in the flesh and living for flesh. Dedicate yourself to walk in the Spirit. Life is just a vapor. Ephesians 6 verse 14, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, Having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. What's he talking about? A spiritual life. Live a spiritual life. Walk a spiritual walk. Seize every moment. Take every day to serve the Lord and work for the Lord. There's never been anyone that I know of laying on their deathbed who said, I went to church too much. I read my Bible too much. I sang and prayed too much. I went and helped people too much. Nobody says that. People, when they're dying, they look back at their life and they regret not serving the Lord, not taking more time to serve the Lord. That's what they do. Prepare yourself. And take time to put on truth and righteousness and the gospel. The book of Hebrews 11, verse 32. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samphah and Jephthah, David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith, now listen carefully, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, Stopped the mouths of lions, that is Daniel. Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Well, you tell this and it just makes you want to go, come on, let's go. Now we've got to keep reading. Others were tortured. Some were victorious. Some overcame and conquered. Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. That they might obtain a better re- resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings. 
yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. We go, well, I don't want that. I don't want that part of it. I'll take the conquering part, thank you. You might not get that. You might get the hard part. I think it's very, very likely that the coming generations really suffer for being Christians. Very likely. You young folks may face real trials, real hardships. Excuse me. He says, of whom the world was not worthy. They're too good, these folks who suffered. I want you to just think about it, brethren. The world was not worthy of these good people. The world's not a good enough place for these people who suffered and were tortured. And they wondered and goat skins, and they were stoned, and they were beaten. The world's not worthy. You know how they did that? Through faith. Through the eyes of faith. Because there is something better coming. And if you get stoned for Christ, there's something better coming. If you are tortured for the sake of our Lord, there is a reward in being faithful. And if you are persecuted and you are harassed, there is a blessing in being faithful. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth, all these having obtained a good report through faith. Through faith. Receive not the promise. What do you see? What do you see? I want to tell you, you're blessed to live in a land of wealth. You're blessed to be a part of a congregation that is thriving and lively. You are so blessed. We are blessed to live in a time when it is easier to study the Bible than it has ever been in all of history. Brethren, we need to put our hand to the plow and work for the Lord. Serve the Lord. Don't be distracted by eyes of faith. It's time. It's time for us to be about our Father's business. Every day. What do you see? I want to close up with one more passage. I want to thank you for being such a good audience tonight. Do you notice the words of the Lord? While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. 
But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. How can it be that people saw the miracles of Jesus and still, after they saw those things, they couldn't believe? That was the case. Verse 38, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? To whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. What do you see? These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, on Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praises of God. There are people who saw Jesus, literally saw Jesus with their own eyes do the miracles that he did, and they still couldn't see what you and I can see. Reality of faith. Because I'm going to tell you, my friend, if you continually give in to the flesh, to the eyes of flesh, God will let you be blinded. He'll let you be blinded where you can't see. So I want to encourage you today to walk by the Spirit, to see with spiritual eyes. And if you're here today and you feel you've been walking in the flesh and looking through the flesh, you need to change your life. You need to seek help. And I want to tell you, from time to time in life, Sometimes we need to do something radical, and maybe it is tonight. You need to come forward and confess your sin. Maybe you need to seek help tonight. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I don't know your heart. I'll just tell you, I'm here to try to help. I'm not here because I'm perfect and got it all under control every day. Don't never goof up. I'm not here saying that. I'm here because I want to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. If you need help tonight, I'll take your hand. I'll meet you right here and I'll take your hand. We'll go to God together. And we'll ask Him to help us to see. So let us help you today. If you're on the wrong path, wake up. If you're looking at the wrong things, change what you're looking at. Change how you're looking. Make that change today. Make it today. Come as we sing.